Hi, and welcome back to the Leadcast. I'm your host, Brian Welts, and let me just get started by saying we have a lot of interesting segments coming to you this week. With a very diverse bunch, we start off with an interview with Layla, then we kick it on over to Tarot Talks, then Game Talks, then Mindfulness, and we ended off on Spider-Man. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. Let's go ahead and kick it on over to Layla's segment. Hello, my name is Laura and I'm here with Layla today, a student at Lead Innovation Studios who is very involved and she is going to talk with us about what it's like to be part of many extracurricular school activities. So Layla, you are involved in a lot of extracurricular activities uh, like soccer and you also participate in the school swim team. For how long have you been doing these sports? I have been playing soccer since I was three because my parents um, put me in this sport to try it out and I ended up loving it. I started swim when I was probably in eighth grade after I broke my foot, which caused me to not play softball anymore. I ended up loving swimming because it helped me stay in shape for soccer. And in addition to that, I am involved in the leadership council and marching band. And what made you choose playing soccer and swimming? I didn't really choose to play soccer because my parents put me in it, but I ended up sticking with it and I loved it because you get to bond with those teammates and make like best friends and also you can go get your energy out. Um, and swimming, I really liked it because I don't like to run and swimming is gives you the same exercise as running, but I think swimming is better. So, do you prefer soccer or swimming? I prefer soccer. Okay. <laughs> um, and you play club and high school soccer. What would you say is the biggest difference? I would say the biggest difference is the amount of practice because during the high school season you practice every day for like two hours and my club practices like two days a week. Also another difference is what players you see and where they went to high school, like high school team, they went to Park Hill. But on my soccer club, I see girls from like five different high schools. So it's nice to get a, get a variety of people from different schools. Do you enjoy one of them more? They are both different, but I would probably enjoy club soccer because you get to stick with the same girls and see them and their abilities grow and improve. Also, you get to just maintain those friendships throughout your life. So I'll be very sad when I leave the club. <laughs> um, and which position do you play? I will either play center back, which is the last defender, and then I can also play anywhere in the central midfield. Do you have a favorite position? I used to play central midfield more, but now my coach moved me back to center back and I'm loving it because I don't have to run as much. <laughs> <laughs> so you said that you don't like running. So what do you like about soccer if you don't like running? I only like to run if I'm chasing the ball. Um, I don't really think that soccer is all running, I guess. I mean, you walk and stuff, but I'm more focused on the game and like the strategy of where the ball should go rather than thinking about how boring running is. Are you planning on playing soccer or swimming in college? Definitely not swimming. I am kind of leaning towards 
not playing soccer in college, um, maybe possibly banned. I think that um, both would take up a lot of time in college, but I am probably more skilled at playing the flute than soccer. So sport isn't important regarding your college choice? No. Okay. So as you said, you're not only participating in sports, but you're also a part of the marching band at Park Hill and you play the flute? Yes, and the piccolo. So how long have you been playing these instruments? I started playing the flute in seventh grade and I picked up the piccolo um, last year. And what made you decide to pick up the piccolo? They are both like the same instrument. One is just um, a higher set of notes and I picked it because the senior piccolo graduated a couple of years ago so someone had to do it for the flute section so my flute teacher helped me learn and I did it this year. Great. <laughs> what made you decide to participate in the marching band and since when do you participate in it? Well I had to audition for it at the end of my eighth grade year and I got in, so that means I will have been in the marching band for three years, and I really like it, and I joined it because I had a cousin that was in it, and I thought it would be more fun than just regular concert band. Um, it gives you a variety of like music to play, and also just marching with your friends is so much fun. So what would you say is the best part of marching band, being a part of it? Definitely marching in the parades because you get to see your family like on the sides of the streets. Also the competitions that we go to because we do these things called pet baskets and you fill it with treats. For people in your section, it's like a secret Santa. You get them goodies to help them get through the competition. And since you're a student at Leeds, does it bother you that you have to go to Park Hill on some days for marching band? I personally do not like driving, so sometimes it's hard, but I do not see it as a problem at all. I think Leeds and Park Hill do a great job of um, kind of just organizing transportation there. And it's nice that I go to Leeds because I get a style of learning that I want, but I also still get to see my friends at Park Hill when I go for band and sports. You said you think you're better in playing the flute than in soccer and that you think about continuing it in college. Do you plan on getting a scholarship for it? I would hope I would. I've been looking at a couple of schools and I'm interested in one of them that does not require you to major in music at that. I'm really interested in like teaching or nursing, so I think it would definitely be helpful to get a scholarship to play in band in college. Besides marching band, soccer, and swim, you're also a member of the leadership council at the school. For students who think about joining this club, what are you doing there? I am organizing spirit days and planning fundraisers like cornhole tournaments and last year I assisted the former principal Dr. Stanley in giving a tour to the new principal Dr. Early of the school so I help staff and we have meetings like every month and talk about um, like the dances that are coming up and how we can get lead students involved in their home high schools. 
and what made you joining the council? So you have to be at least a sophomore to apply and actually one of my teachers freshman year recommended me and said that I would be an amazing student in the leadership council so yeah he told me that and I just went with it and he made me a letter of recommendation and I applied and got in and I'm very glad he told me to. That's nice. <laughs> and what's your favorite thing about it? My favorite thing about leadership council is probably organizing the spirit days and just promoting good school spirit because that's always fun and also my favorite part is going on middle school visits so teachers and the leadership students will go to middle schools to educate them about lead and its benefits so i just really enjoy talking to the middle schoolers about my previous experience at lead can you tell us about a recent project you're currently working on Yes, my favorite project in the Leadership Council would be organizing cornhole tournaments like this year it's going to be the Bags Boo Bash and I usually write out the brackets of the teams of cornhole and who plays each other. I just really enjoy doing that in Octobers because it brings the league community better and there's prizes and it's really fun. Since you're participating in so many extracurricular activities, what are advantages of being so involved? I think the relationships that you form with teammates, um, other members of leadership council and other musicians in band, it's you definitely kind of network yourself and you get to meet other people with different interests and personalities and that's why I like the lead Park Hill, how I can kind of still both go to both schools. It's just really nice to get to know other people. So when I see them somewhere, I know them. Are there any disadvantages? In being involved in yeah. too many activities? Okay, maybe just the amount of time you're away from home because I'm such a homebody and love to be with my family. Um, I'm gone every night at band rehearsal, soccer practice, meetings. I also work a job every Monday, so it's definitely hard to not see my family as much. So you said you work on Mondays. Where do you work? I am a barista at the Starbucks inside a hy For how long do you work and what made you do that? I've worked there since February. I got trained and now I only work every Monday night because I am so busy with these extracurricular activities. But what made me choose it was that I, well, my, my brother used to work at that high V and I knew that they had flexible hours that could fit with my crazy busy schedule. And I loved Starbucks beforehand and I, the manager is awesome. So it's just a perfect place to meet my coworkers and just bring joy through coffee to the customers that come there. What's your favorite drink? My favorite drinks? Well, I have a few. Um, the pink drink, which has coconut milk and strawberry acai, and um, the vanilla bean frappuccino is good, and the pumpkin spice latte. And why do you think it is good for students to participate in sports or musical or other school activities? I think this because, like I said earlier, the people you meet, but also just giving yourself more like skills, like learning to play an instrument or a sport. Um, not only do they bring like physical like advantages, but also 
like you could possibly get like a college scholarship or you can learn how to be a team player and be friends with one another they just kind of bring you like mental skills as well do you have any tips for students thinking about joining a club or a team i think that even if you've never played the sport or have any like any previous experience with a certain club i say just try it out and if you don't like it give it a couple of weeks like say there's like a gaming club and you're slightly interested i would just go to it because you never know your friend could be in the club or you can learn something new so just definitely go try it out is there anything else you want to tell us i don't think so i think we covered everything but i would just say it's it's super important to get involved because you can meet from some pretty amazing people okay so thank you for answering all these questions and being on our podcast Thank you to both Layla and Laura for that wonderful interview. I sure learned a lot. Now it's time to kick it on over to Skylar with Tarot Talks. Welcome to Tarot Talks. Here today we are going to be interviewing and giving a tarot reading to Anne-Marie Buxby. Hello, I'm Anne-Marie Buxby. So in Tarot Talks, we're going to give a simplistic reading today, a five-card reading that will give the far past, the past, the present, the future, and the far future. All right, so what is your feelings on tarot? Um, I've, I think it's really interesting, and I've like always wanted to like get my tarot read, but I don't... Like, I don't know how to read tarots, uh, and I also don't want my mom to know. Oh, does your mom not approve? She is not big on witchcraft, no. Yeah. Well, tarot is just a divinatory practice. There are plenty of div divinatory practices, but tarot reading is one of the most popular ones. So, okay. it's also one of the most accurate ones because of the fact that you learn the cards and you have a conversation with the person. All right. So, what I'm going to do is I'm going to shuffle... And I'm just going to shuffle until it feels right to stop. Okay. And so just ask your question. Will I find the freedom I desire? All right. How long usually does it take to, like, shuffle the cards? So it really depends. Um, card shuffling can take anywhere from 20 seconds to three minutes, depending on how the cards interact. For these cards, these cards are kind of big, so it's yeah. kind of hard to shuffle them. There are some cards that are way nicer, but I love them. And finding a tarot deck is all about, like, finding the one that feels right to you. Yeah. Okay. So I think that's a good amount of shuffling. Okay. Now what I'm going to have you do, cut the deck in any way you feel. There's no wrong way to cut it. You're going to select five cards from left to right, put them down, and you're going to just pull one, pull another, so on and so forth. Okay. Do they have to be from left to right in the stack, or just no. lie them down left no, 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 to right? No, no, from anywhere in the stack, anywhere that feels correct to you. Okay, okay. So for far past, I got the nine of wheels. For past, I got the king of wheels. For present, I got the hierophant. For future, I got the emperor. And for far future, I got the moon. All right. So for nine of wheels, wheels can also be pentacles. In some versions, it's coins. This is generally a symbol of, like, either your own personal gain or your own personal growth. So 
the nine of wheels represents gratification and your past is based on self-sufficiency success and rumination your past was one of comfort and security you never felt anything except self-reliance and your own personal success so next we have the king of wheels mm -hmm. this is ruled by governance authority and competence very much a realistic stance you were an experienced and successful person with a great life experience. You specialized in something, but you had strong leadership qualities and ability to control and manage your processes. You also have a talent for managing money, and you have a rational view of things in your life. Yeah, I'd say that's really true. Mm -hmm. yeah. All right, so now we get into the present, which is the hierophant. Okay. So your present represents sanctuary. Sanctuary, okay. Mm -hmm. This is a bow to traditionalism, your professional advice. You're going through a period of self-improvement and spiritual growth. You're dealing with trust and moral values and you're personally going through an educational process. You're learning a lot of things and you're dealing with wisdom from those behind you. So those older than you. Okay. So next we have the emperor. For my close future. Yes. So your emperor for the close future. The emperor presents the Heavenly Father, which is actually not as holy as it might sound. It's okay. power and authority, control, dominance, rationalism, and reliability. You're going into a period of leading down a path where you will confront a mountain, but you must be persistent and weigh your decisions carefully. Mm -hmm. You will be able to lead yourself through this hardship, and you will radiate logic, as well as reliability and authority to those around you. Okay. All right, and finally, we have the moon. And this is for her far future. So the moon, it's unfamiliar, but also beautiful, and it's a transformation. This leads to uncertainty about future, deception, possible inconsistency, but also imagination, extrasensory perception. You can get a period of escape and entertainment where you'll follow your intuition, and you have dark reflections, but you shouldn't hide from them. Okay, so you did say something about getting freedom. So, what you were saying about this tying into freedom, the moon represents, like, your own personal growth and your realizations. You're turning back on the past and reflecting on it, but also on the darker aspects of yourself. You are dealing with a period of uncertainty, but this is a period of growth and transformation as well, or at least it can be if you make it that. Mm -hmm. it's, a, it's a positive and a negative card. It signals uncertainty, but also inspiration, entertainment, joy, and escaping your current situations. Okay. So it sounds like I will get the freedom that I want, based on what you're saying. You might have to fight for it, and it might be a bit uncertain and hard to find, but mm -hmm. you will certainly get it. Cool. I hope that's not through getting my angel wings. <laughs> <laughs> like, no. Not like that. This card doesn't represent death. <laughs> I want to make that know, very it, clear. It could be very indirectly. You know? No. <laughs> I'll get the freedom I want through It's this. not saying... It would be showing you a few different cards if okay. it were. This yeah, is that a generally positive deck. That sounds good. 
Yeah. Honestly, I'll take Honestly, yeah. I'll take having to push for something over just not getting it, you know. Like Yeah, absolutely. Okay, well, this has been Tarot Talks with Anne-Marie Buxby. Yeah, I liked the outcome, so I'd say that was pretty fun. That was mm-hmm. good. This has been Tarot Talks. Have a wonderful day. Bye! Wow, Skylar, your card reading is incredible. The last time I got my cards read, they said I'd end up as a podcast host for my school's podcast. So, I wonder how accurate that was for me. Next, we're going to kick it on over to Jonathan with Game Talks. I'm Jonathan Nielsen, and this is my gaming segment. Today, I'll start by with GTA 6. The man who is responsible for hacking Rockstar is only 17, and despite his age, it is one of the biggest, if not the biggest, leak ever. It seems Take-Two is still planning to release GTA 6 in 2024 with them planning to spend $89 million solely in advertising for the game, spending over $1 billion to develop the game as well, the biggest budget any game has ever had, and there are plenty of rumors and unconfirmed links, but this is definitely building up hype. Next with God of War Ragnarok, the long-awaited sequel to the 2018 soft reboot of the series, is slated to release November 9th, and it is and it has some of the most hype out of any game. People are thinking it'll be a serious competitor to Elden Ring, which is already thought to be the biggest contender for Game of the Year. The game will continue with Norse mythology for its background and overall theme, the game even showing off Thor and Mjolnir. The Steam Deck is a UMPC from Valve, Ultra Mobile PC, with three prices of 400, 530, and 650. You get more storage as you go up in price, and you also get a carrying case with all of them. The Steam Deck is a gaming console and also a PC. It has a desktop mode you can switch to, which can do anything a normal PC can do, and you can also connect it to a monitor and plug in a keyboard and mouse with a dock. The Steam Deck is more powerful than the PS4 and even the Xbox One X in some aspects, all while being the same form factor as the Nintendo Switch, albeit bigger and bulkier. It still feels light due to the good weight distribution. The Steam Deck has an asymmetrical design, much like the Wii U gamepad. The buttons on the Steam Deck are like an Xbox One controller, as well as having a touchscreen and two small square trackpads under the joysticks that have haptic feedback. Similar to the Xbox Elite controller, there's four buttons on the back which can be binded to anything you choose, as well as the Steam Menu button which is like your PS5 button slash slash xbox symbol button which opens up like a quick menu where you can go to settings your library friends tab etc unlike the ps5's share button or the xbox series x's screenshot button the steam deck instead has a quick options tab the highlight being the battery tab this tab lets you choose large choose the amount of watts the steam deck uses which you can adjust to make your battery last longer or to make games run better you can also adjust a feature called fsr on this tab which is an upscaling technique that can help games run better on the 7-inch 800p screen. The deck uses a tiny SSD, which is really fast, which you can swap out for a bigger one on any model. But it also allows for an SD card for extra storage. Though you should be careful, as people, including myself, have, have had issues where if you do not format it correctly, it will break the SD card. 
The Steam Deck, in my experience, has been able to run almost all the games I wanted, but some simply aren't compatible, such as most games that use anti-cheat, because developers simply don't want to support the deck. So say goodbye to any hope of playing Siege normally, that is unless you choose to install Windows on the Steam Deck, which is supported by Valve, something Sony tried once with their PS3, but was removed in a later system update, which even caused them to get sued. The battery on the Steam Deck admittedly is not the best, the only saving grace being the ability to decide how much power you use. Games like Vampire Survivors or Terraria will give you 3-5 hours of battery life, while heavier games like Doom Eternal will give you 2-3 hours. Especially newer games like Elden Ring will train your battery. Even at the lowest settings, your battery, your battery will only die in an hour. Overall, the Steam Deck is, in my opinion, a good device, which is improving every day with constant updates, but there are minor issues here and there because of the software. It's very much an early adopter kind of thing, with Valve even saying there'd be a Steam Deck 2 eventually, so it's up to you if you want to wait, but if you do, you should get one now. I'd recommend the cheapest one and then just upgrading the SSD. Thank you, Jonathan, for that amazing segment on video games. You make me want to go buy an Xbox. Now let's go kick it on over to Audrey with her mindfulness segment. Hi, my name is Audrey, and I welcome you to Mindful Moments. Today we'll be focusing more on a stress reliever than meditation. This method we will be calling the flex and relax method. So first, I recommend you find a quiet space and get into a comfortable sitting position. We will also be practicing breathing during this method. Today we will be going on a count of five seconds of breathing in, five seconds of holding the breath, in five seconds of breathing out. Now, let's get into the method. First, you'll want to focus on the foot region, and what you will do is tense your feet while breathing in. Hold your breath and tense the position. Then breathe out and untense. next section will be the calf area. We will be doing the same thing, but remember, breathe in for five seconds. Hold for five seconds. And release for five. Now, the entire leg, focusing on flexing the thigh muscles. Next, we'll move to the hands. Now, you'll do the entire arm. When you do this, you'll want to flex your arms towards your shoulders. Now, the stomach. Next, the chest.
Now your neck and your shoulders. Pull your shoulders to your ears. And finally, the forehead. And now, we're done. During that time, you should have felt more relief in one area compared to the others. This is why you hold your stress. When you hold this much stress, you are more likely to get health problems. So, to avoid this, I encourage you to do this method in the most affected area every night before bed, or just when you're feeling too stressed. I hope this helped. See you next time. I started this being really stressed out about the due date, but Audrey, you really calmed me down with your segment. Now let's kick it on over to our last segment with Spider-Man. Begun. Who is your favorite Spider-Man out of Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, and Tobey Maguire? Well, I um, have seen not all of the Spider-Man movies. Spider-Man movies. I've seen I've seen um, Tobey Maguire, and I have seen Andrew Garfield. I, I don't have not seen Tom Tom Holland, so I don't think I can judge. But based on the other two, I'm going to say Andrew Garfield. Alright, what would you do if you were in your favorite Spider-Man's shoes, like in a battle against one of their villains? Um, like in terms of like saving people or just superpowers? Like making choices? Um, like, oh, if I was in their shoes, like yeah. uh, metaphorical like shoes, if I was making their choices. Ah, gotcha. Um, well, certainly I would... Um, you know, I like the theme of Spider-Man, um, where, um, it's, what is the saying? Great, with great, great power, power comes, comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. So I feel like if I had that kind of power, I would want to use it to help create justice and equality in the world. And so against villains, I would do my best to stop them without doing any kind of harm. Alright, final question. Who do you think would win? Tony McGuire? Or Andrew Garfield in a fight? Fully, like, full power, full intelligence, all equipment. I'm going to say Andrew, Andrew Garfield. Yeah, I think he just seems to have it have it more together. Seem, seems to have a greater... Um, Awareness? Um, kind of? Autonomy over himself. Like, more control, maybe. Mm. Yeah. Well said. Well said. Thank you. My name is Crystal Kimmett, and I am a teacher's assistant. <clears throat> I pulled my questions. 
wish I could come to that. Alright. So, I got three questions for you. Who's your favorite Spider-Man out of Tom Holland, Andrew Garfield, or Tobey Maguire, and why? That's a tough question for me. I'm going to go with Tobey Maguire only for nostalgic purposes because he just did a really good job in those first movies and if he hadn't, I don't think that Spider-Man would be as popular as he is today. Um, but Tom Holland is definitely a very close second. Alright. That's a very fair answer, actually. Um... What would you do if you were in your favorite Spider-Man's shoes, like in a battle against one of their villains? Like, met, like you were them. So what would I do if I were Spider-Man? Like, what choices mm. would you make? I mean, I would say I would probably do a lot of what he did because it seemed like the villains went after the people that he loved fairly often because they knew that Peter Parker was a was a link to Spider-Man because of all the pictures that he takes of them so they frequently went after his family and friends and he was always trying to save them and I would probably do the same thing I would focus on saving the people that I love Is there anything you would do differently that they did? <laughs> um, well I would have I would probably be more honest, like in the way that Tom Holland did in the later Spider-Mans, where Spider-Man, <laughs> Spider-Man, Spider-Man in the later Spider-Man movies, um, where people knew my secret identity, at least the ones closest to me, because it would make it a lot easier, so I wouldn't have to lie. I'm not a good liar, so. <laughs> Who do you think would win in a fight? They're, out of the two Spider-Men that I have written down, they're fully powered, full equipment that they have access to. It's Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield. Oh, well, I mean, obviously Tom Mulholland would have won because of this suit. Hmm. Or Tobey Maguire and Andrew Garfield. Right. Sorry. No, I know. That is what you said. Yeah. You took out the obvious choice. I'm not involving him yet. <laughs> um, I would have to say Tobey Maguire. No, I would say Andrew Garfield because Tobey Maguire hurt his back, basically. Hmm. So he's not, he's not in as good of shape as Andrew Garfield is. Like, as the Spider-Man. Right, like, I mean, but I mean, they even fully... made a joke in it in the last. Yeah. Because he hurt, he actually did hurt his back filming Spider-Man in the third movie that he was in, and they actually made it part of his character. Hmm. That's actually really cool. <laughs> Thank you, Nate, for your awesome segment on Spider-Man. My favorite Spider-Man is Andrew Garfield, uh, because he's the cutest, and I've never seen a Spider-Man movie. All right, that's going to do it for the lead cast. Thank you for tuning in. I'm your host, Bry Welts, and please don't forget to come back next week and listen to our next episode. Bye.